boom. Now we're live. I have to do that every time. Every time I press the button. I think on every single episode of, of my podcast, I've said, boom, man, we're live. <laughs> it's an e-jerk reaction. It is an e-jerk reaction. What's it's the quite, I do that as well with pictures. It's like if the camera goes on, I do a peace sign, and I'm like, why am I like this? <laughs> it's that, I love those memes, like, why am I like this? <laughs> so, a bit of context for everybody else who is listening in this conversation. Um. I planned to do a podcast on the Greek myth of Narcissus, random as fuck. I love Greek mythology and about how it's related to like narcissism and started getting chatting to Orla about the <laughs> topic. I can't even remember. You put up a story about talking about relationships and it kind of yeah. it branched off from there. And I was like, right, tonight's the night. I'm actually going to do this podcast. We chat a little bit of shit about Greek mythology. <laughs> Um, with I a drink, of to course. Help as well. I was like, are we talking about narcissists? Let me talk. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not gonna, probably not gonna put up the video. This, I'm not sure. I'm still feeling lazy on the YouTube uh, vibes. It's easier putting up the audio file. But if it's only listening that you're doing, we are both having a little drink. It's a Friday night. I'm One of us is in lockdown. <laughs> Doesn't feel like a lockdown. No, lockdown's a mindset. Uh huh. What is it you're drinking? I am drinking gin and tonic. Lovely. Classic, basic bitch. Very basic. My gym is the gin and tonic <laughs> club. It should be me that has the gin and tonic. I actually have a bottle of gin there. I don't have no tonic. <laughs> I haven't actually had a gin and tonic in ages. I used to um, I used to not like them. Um, I used to hate tonic water. But then I used to just... I realised that it wasn't... I wasn't making them spicy enough. I wasn't adding flavor. I wasn't making them enticing. Um, so yeah, I like them now. I'm what do you put in them to make them enticing and spicy? No spice, but fruit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love an old um, Hendrix gin with cucumber or a bit of frozen mango or else mm. some classic berries and lime. That's what I have today. I'm impressed with the mango. If you had just said the cucumber, I would have been like, that's the most basic answer that you could have given. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love a bit of Hendrix. Um, so you have just listened to that uh, book, uh, or not the book, the audio book of Mythos, uh, Stephen Fry and the chapter on Narcissus. What do you think of the whole story? Um, I thought it was interesting um, because I've looked into narcissism, obviously, and I've looked into like narcissistic people in relationships, leaders and stuff like that. But then the story itself, it says about that people are narcissists and they don't actually want love. And I was like, oh, damn, because I thought that that was just not what I didn't think that that's what they're about. I thought it was more so that they they craved love, but they also wanted to like control and punish people, but not that they actually wanted to be removed from it. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. Mm. And it's a bit fucking mad. Like, just let's just put it straight. <laughs> the story is a bit nuts. Like, yeah, Greek mythology is so so strange and unique. And like, some of the things they say are like completely crazy. But to think that people actually believe it at one stage is 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 mad, isn't it? Wild, wild. <laughs> but I'm sure in a hundred years' time we'll look back and be like, right, what people believe believed now is a bit nuts as well. Absolutely. Um, 100%. I, I think with narcissism, you don't realize that people are narcissists. 
um and I think we're going to get into a little bit about that that people are kind of blinded by their traits and what they project um into the world um so I think that that's very true when you look back at that story it's a bit mad but some of the stuff that we're experiencing now in our lives and our relationships and politicians uh we definitely are being blinded by it right now yeah there's one one particular politician that everybody <laughs> must know at this stage he's got the lovely tan on him <laughs> the hairline the one uh, the, the one wig. thing that i the wig yeah the one thing i thought was really funny like uh obviously it's not funny that he had corona i'm i'm a bit of a pacifist i don't wish wish badness on 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 people but he came out of corona and he tried to play it off as if he was a champ like he'd have to beat beat corona mm. i was like that is just like typical out of like a uh, narcissist uh, playbook you yeah. have to spin it usually it might be to, to play the victim but you actually spin, spun it the other way and it was like right you know i i, I beat corona mm-hmm. yeah um very funny that so i obviously have my biopharmacy will come back around and he said in his oh, video, yeah. did you see the video? <laughs> yeah. He said in the video, they gave me Regeneron. And Regeneron isn't the drug, it's the whole company. And I was just like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> 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 There's uproar on uh, LinkedIn though. People from other companies, they'd be like calling people out from Regeneron being like, can you not see how unsafe and unethical and unmoral this is? Um, so it's very interesting. Not that much interesting stuff happens in the biopharma world. Well, it was actually interesting for once. I was about to say, yeah, that sounds like uh, that would be the news for the year. That's like the biggest news item in that industry. Would it be? Juicy, yeah, <laughs> very juicy. What's a, I, that's interesting that you like out of that. That's kind of what you would have picked out. It's funny, like we all look at things differently. And uh, yeah. I tell you, did you go down a rabbit hole with that? Like whenever you heard them say that, you start re- researching a load of it. Yeah, well, like the fact that he's been given a drug and he's just blatantly, openly talking about it and like rushing it through, I think you're saying he's rushing it through Congress for like an emergency release. And I know through my years of training um, that that is just so highly unethical, highly uh, unsafe, and you need years of clinical trials to kind of back it up. Um, so just to hear that, I was like, what the fuck is going on? So I obviously texted my nerdy friends and we had a discussion about this. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, and it is, it's funny because so many people just see, see Donald, Donald Trump's an absolute idiot. And then I'm looking at the picking out of the, the company that are actually standing by him. But apparently it's his golf buddy or something as a CEO. Uh, I watched a YouTube video uh, earlier doing research, which is just watching endless video, YouTube videos <laughs> <laughs> uh, about narcissists. And there was one Vice did. And it's like narcissists have taken over the world and they're talking about like how top business people like a lot of them mm. end up being narcissists and it kind of the society that we live in now breeds kind of narcissism especially like social media where we're always trying to put across a certain image of ourselves and yeah. then they were going at another angle at it which i thought was interesting that the word narcissist get throws around a lot too easy now you know because yeah I don't know because it's easy if you only see one side of somebody on Instagram that's not actually maybe what they're like so you, it's hard to be like call people out that I've never met yeah I get you um but I think that that falls down to like Instagram it's not everything that it seems like mm. you've no idea like I could be an absolute dickhead in real life and I could be portraying myself to be this 
this Mother Teresa on Instagram. Um, you've Doing not a good job. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> Doing amazing, really. Um, but no one has any idea what anyone's like in real life. So you you kind of have to pick, I suppose, pick your battles maybe or just kind of hope for the best and hope. That, that's the thing with narcissists as well. You are, if you are someone that um, sees the good in people or you're empathetic or anything like that, people, narcissists will prey on that. Um, so just to bring it back to the leaders, leaders um, that are narcissistic versus empathetic, narcissists are the ones that kind of have the vision. And I actually heard of something before, it was in a training course, that people gravitate towards narcissistic leaders over empathetic ones because they think that empathetic ones are weak and narcissistic ones are strong. They've got a vision. They know what they're doing. They believe in themselves. They've got confidence. Um, even if it's confidence built on a foundation of bullshit and just or nonsense. Because <laughs> it makes them feel more secure. That's they they take, yeah. they they take that confidence. A lot of people take that confidence to be justified. A lot of the times, it's not. It's not. It's a inter, It's interesting one. Um, I wonder like if they did a vote like when but like get all the voters and to choose like different scenarios and like one choice was an empathetic version and the other choice was more narcissistic one would they all the people have voted for a narcissistic leader would they have those tendencies they probably wouldn't even it's still yeah. just that the vote just for it because of that security yeah yeah and they build um like if you think about the one um it's typical i think it's called the female lead of course it is but on linkedin there's a page and it's kind of highlighting the work that i'm forgetting her name now the leader in new zealand can you remember her name oh no i can't can you remember her name no it's slipping my mind now i felt terrible as a woman (laughs) (laughs) you have failed i know i know you are the weakest Um, link (laughs) (laughs) but that's what they do and they're saying that um typical kind of narcissistic leaders are saying that she's weak um and she has they listed off like she's gone through a terrorist attack she has um dealt with her country in a way that has minimized coronavirus um, and another few things and she has done it all while pregnant and while um empathetic and kind of not having that what would be perceived as a strong approach but in her in in the end of the day at the end of the day she is strong because if she's empathetic it doesn't mean that she's weak at making decisions she's just not that aggressive or that building that story or that image that she's this great person or this hero or this this confident um facade that they're putting on basically yeah yeah and i think i think that's an interesting part there it's the aggressive aggressive part you don't have to be aggressive to be strong like obviously you need a certain everybody needs a certain amount of aggression or else I don't know. You just need it, especially if you're going to try and lift up a barbell. If you don't have any aggression about you, you're probably not going to lift <laughs> a barbell. <laughs> yeah, but I think when it comes to emotions, it's different. So yeah. if you've got your aggression and you're getting triggered by things, that's you not being able to deal with your shit. And that's what a lot of this is. And like people's personalities and stuff is a lot of people are projecting their shit and they don't know how to deal with it. And that's where, to take it back to narcissism, that some people seek control over others because for many different reasons like they don't have control over their own life and um, stuff to do with uh, filling voids in their life and um, maybe they were never loved um, and then you were saying as well earlier on that maybe it was the fact that they were 
built up, um, put on a pedestal um, in terms of they were told that they were this confident, uh, shiny hero person that was going to save the world. Um, so there's loads of different reasons that they can develop those characteristics. But at the end of the day, they can still be projecting shit and it can develop into a narcissistic personality disorder. I heard that in the end of the Greek mythology, Greek mythology with Stephen Fry. And I was like, damn, it's a whole disorder. <laughs> yeah. Mad. Um, but actually going back to the, the, the Greek story, that's the one thing that they don't really, I don't think they mention it in a bit him manipulating or controlling which is obviously a big um big part of narcissism is to try and manipulate yeah. and um the feed off other people's opinion of themselves um yeah. that's not really in it it's more so the self-love and and the grandiose um grandiosity but uh i'll go through a little i'll give the people who probably haven't heard the story i'll give them a little brief, brief synopsis <laughs> i'm gonna forget most of it but i'm just gonna read read from my notes so basically, there was this chap, Narcissus, and he went to the prophet at the temple of Hera. Hera is Zeus's other half, who is well known for going around and punishing all the people that Zeus has been with, which is mucho, mucho. <laughs> Man got around. And he, Narcissus goes in, and the prophet turns around to him and his mom, and he says that nobody will have his beauty, and the gods will be jealous. And unfortunately, most of the people that do get this beauty that the gods are jealous of, they end up getting fucked over by the gods. As you read from my notes earlier, the yeah. gods do not like the super hashtag sexy boys. They always end up getting screwed up. <laughs> so there's one that everybody, well, not everybody knows, but it's a word that people would use to describe a really like, chiseled man. And Adonis, have you ever heard of that? No, never. So somebody, if you were an Adonis, you would be like a physical specimen. You look like, like a chisel chap. But that comes from a Greek. No, never heard that. <laughs> a Greek story. Um, actually, in the Rocky films, the the newer versions of a Creed, the your man's name in it is actually called Adonis. I thought that was cool. A little old the Greek mythology in it. Mm. It's all. It's my Greek mythology is sprinkled into so so much. I I'm going to go off on a tangent, so I'm going to save that tangent for after this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then after that obviously your man's like right here's your destiny these prophecy boys always love giving out their destiny and they're obviously they have to live up to their destiny it's always the way with mythology <laughs> uh, and he said the narcissist right you're the most beautiful man in all the land or whatever beautiful boy so as long as you don't fail to recognize yourself you will live a long and happy life aka if he sees himself he will fall in love with himself, basically. But there was no mirrors back then, so he's like, right, dead on, I'm safe. I'm not going to see myself. Uh, and boom, fast forward loads of years. Basically, this other being called Echo, this is going to go off on the tangent. It's going to sound nuts because Greek mythology is nuts. So I'm just forewarning everybody here. Or it's like, I kind of got lost when Echo got involved. Yeah, Echo. Basically, what Echo is, is a nymph. So a nymph is like a some sort of mad creature or being in Greek mythology, which is interesting because, you know, like 50 Cent, all I remember of nymphs is 50 Cent lines like, you be a nympho, I be a nympho in the hotel or in the back of the rental. That's the only thing I ever heard of it. Take you to the candy shop. That's See, that's when I heard nymphs, I was like that. I was like, what the fuck? What are you talking Love about, it. Stephen Fry? <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, so she was one of them, and basically Hera cursed her because she wouldn't, she didn't rat out in Zeus when he was away with one of the nymphs doing the dirt. So she cursed her, and basically Echo could only ever repeat the last words that were said to her. Right, so she lost all her mates. Obviously, you know, somebody who's being dead and annoying, just repeating everything what you're saying, you'd be like, right, enough for you, I'm done, I'm yeah. done with that. In the bin. In the bin. You know <laughs> <laughs> that would be desperate. Well, what's the crack? Well, what's the crack? <laughs> uh, right, so she's cursed. She ends up stumbling upon this Narcissus fella, and Narcissus there having a little swim, butt naked. She's sitting in the back, creeping, um, saying nothing. Him, butt naked, drying, not drying himself, cleaning himself. He falls asleep and then she walks over, creeping up on him, and then he wakes up and he basically tells her to fuck off, I'm gonna throw a stone at you. That's basically the short short of that. Basically. <laughs> rude, rude. Uh after this, he basically turns around to the water, looks into the water and sees the reflection of himself, doesn't recognize himself, and falls deeply in love with himself mm. which is fucking a bit weird like but anyway greek mythology <laughs> is weird so i'll remind you again <laughs> uh, and he tries to go down and give himself a wee smooch and obviously face goes into the water doesn't cop on that it's not himself this chap is just a bit dim or else he was eating odd, some magic odd. mushies or something <laughs> definitely um, and yeah, falls in love with himself and eventually the gods take pity on him because he's been there for weeks, months, just looking at himself and they turn him into a daffodil, right? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I was listening to that and I was like, am I listening to the same story that I was listening to a minute ago? Just didn't, didn't follow at all. Isn't it mad that this came out of people's heads? Mm. so odd like how it's like what was he saying it's like when the blunt hits your head <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly like that I think I skipped on a lot of stuff there because a lot of it is is not important that's the, the basic synopsis of it that he loved himself so much yeah uh, more than more than um, anything else there's a bit that I actually skipped over it was like a bit of pre-context um, earlier in the book where he's saying that he hates love and he hates what love does to people and I was like that might actually be a part of what like maybe narcissists uh, do feel that maybe they use that love for like manipulation because if they know other people love each other it's easy manipulation yeah yeah it's easy to get that control mm. you'd wonder is it like uncomfortableness with love or like is it literally just they are seeing their catch and they are they're oh, sorry, they're seeing their prey and they're going to catch. Um and that's what they use as their master manipulation. It's mad the another YouTube video on the, the rabbit hole that I went down. Uh, they called narcissists uh, reptiles. It was like they had they had these little bits of writing on top of these two people and one was like mammal, the other one was like reptile. And I was like, what the fuck? This is mad. Oh my God. I'm saying their brain There's... is more reptilian because they, they, they don't, um, it's more like, every situation is almost like, what can I get out of this? 
There is um there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff on Instagram. I went into a deep rabbit hole on it before. Um and there's like narcissistic abuse survivor pages and stuff like that. But there was um lots of it's very intense because obviously there could be like stuff to do with like domestic um abuse and stuff like that, obviously. Um but there was stuff to do with like about the survivor themselves and how that they can be after the they experience that um and what happens is as well that's stuff to do with the brain and stuff to do with their amygdala shrinking um and stuff to do with being in that fight or flight mode and then they can get to a state of being hyper kind of burnt out basically in a burnt out state where they have been so hyper sensitive and so so chronically stimulated in that fight or flight mode that they're now kind of flat almost um and it can lead to like mental health problems and stuff like that um and people lose themselves and people have to kind of almost grieve the loss of a relationship that they never had because it wasn't actually true love um I remember hearing that myself and I was like holy shit that is so sad but so true because it's literally they were just using it just to get something from it um what that was I don't know but I think it helps to understand people like that that they're not necessarily right in the head themselves so it's not like that they're they may not be purposely trying to punish people maybe they would maybe they are maybe I'm naive maybe I see the best in people but they could just be a bit fucked in the head themselves to be honest (laughs) I think um no I I would be the same that I would try I don't think every single narcissist would purposely manipulate I think it might just be like it's all to know you know if that's the only way you can get what you want is like it's going to be you revert your butt people revert to what's easy you know so if it's something that they're really good at manipulating which unfortunately a lot of people grow up having to be good at manipulating in order to get along um then they're going to be good at it when they get older you know yeah and then if you bring it back to like leaders and stuff they can be celebrated they can be the people that get promotions they can be get the people that um people follow uh, and stuff like that so they don't see that their behavior can be harmful um and then it's that they're so in love with themselves they can't really see past their actions or past um what they're doing could be harmful um and then have you heard of the term gaslighting Mm. yeah that's only a new term for me in the past year um i didn't realize that it was something people did and i experienced it firsthand but with humor so it was very different in terms of like brushing past it but making a joke out of it so then it's like, are you not someone with a sense of humor? And that to me was like, oh, fuck, am I not funny anymore? <laughs> um, so there's so many different ways that you can do it because you do think of like abuse and survivors and stuff. You think like serious stuff. Um, but like there's so many different crafty ways that they can they can work their magic. <laughs> yeah, microaggressions and that build up. And like, it's like small little yeah. things. It's like on a smaller scale, like, you know, like, cause we all have narcissistic traits anyway, and we all behave in a, a slightly narcissistic yeah. way at some stage in our life, maybe sometimes more than other. Um, but like, you know, an example of, you know, like somebody that just like slags all the time, but then just be like, oh, I'm only joking. I'm only messing. But like, then it keeps getting yeah. a little bit more gradually, a little bit more deep and cutting a little bit deep. And yeah. in the end of it, you're just like, they say something small and then you're like, you're ready to fucking take it. <laughs> I've had it with you. <laughs> yeah. And like sometimes that can come with like, you know, just lads or, or friends slagging. 
you know, obviously, like, if you're stressed out anyway and then a bit of slagging goes on, you can just burst out. But the difference between that and, like, purposeful, like, just building up. 100%. 100%. Um, I think that when you said the word microaggressions is so spot on. It can be just small things over time that can build up and they can it can be a pattern rather than like any one individual thing that someone can justify getting worked up over if that makes sense mm, yeah. yeah it's funny like i i've dealt like not dealt i've been around uh people who would have a lot of narcissistic traits before <laughs> uh not going to start diagnosing people with narcissism but <laughs> <laughs> i am not a doctor or <laughs> whatever it is that I need to be to diagnose that. But uh, one thing that like I've seen a lot of people say is you try and avoid those type of people, but sometimes you can't because like maybe, no. maybe you work with them there. There could be a boss. There could be, I don't know, somebody that you have to see all the time for some reason, maybe their family, whatever. Um, yeah. That's when it becomes really tough. <laughs> I get a, like, boss probably would be up there the worst because like most of us like if you're tight if you really enjoy what you do it can make working tough because if you enjoy what you do you don't want to have to give up just because of a person 100 percent um it can happen though people don't necessarily leave bad jobs they leave bad management um i've seen that happen a lot and um it's it's a real shame because like people can be I'm not gonna go on this tangent. <laughs> people can actually get roadblocked with this stuff because it's like, do you join them and feed into their narcissism or do you just take yourself away and like remove yourself from the situation? But as I said, it can be easier said than done. Um sometimes people don't even realise um that they're around a narcissist um that they can actually like what we were saying earlier on about like Donald Trump, people can be so blind by what his behavior is like. Um, and then people can be in relationships with people like that and they just see the good in people as well. And then they literally have no idea that they're balls deep in it until it's <laughs> possibly too late. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's a strange thing. And I don't think that many people know that much about it. Like they might know, more about like psychopaths from watching fucking all these uh, obviously psycho shows about psychopaths, psychopath killers, and things like mind yeah. hunters. Yeah, would you be into them sort of shows? Yeah, yeah, I watch Mind Hunter. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, like all girls are into these sort of shows. Like whereas like a lot of lads aren't. I'm always like, girl, all these girls know a lot about like you know, <laughs> serial killers and all that. Taking notes. It could, it could be like Ted Bundy vibes. They're actually secretly into it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Ted Bundy. Um, but yeah, people would not know a lot more about psychos, but like that gets thrown around a lot, uh, that phrase yeah. as well. Yeah, I think it's because it's like the fact that it could be a mental health disorder as well, um, I think puts a bit of context on it and you can get to understand that people just have a lot of mad thoughts or weird perception of the world um and i think it helps i think once i understood that and i understood that again it comes down to human behavior and how people's experiences have shaped their lives it helps you kind of empathize with them even though they're probably not someone you want to empathize with it could help you empathize just a little bit because you're like okay they're not totally purposely that way 
they just don't know any different. Mm. Yeah, because if you go the other route of reacting or looking, seeking for some sort of revenge or apology or something, you're not going to get it. And no. Or the closure no that you're always after, like that's a lot of thing. Like, um, like people like might like people search for closure from maybe a past relationship or a past workplace, but like a, a boss or whatever, it rarely goes well. It always ends up just keep digging, digging yourself a, a bigger hole. You know, to say you're gonna go for revenge, dig two graves. Dig two graves. It's true though. It's 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 like your ego as well. It kind of comes back to like, um, have you read any words by Eckhart Tolle? I have not. I've heard him speak no. a lot, though. Yeah, he's difficult to listen to. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm halfway through the Audible, um, but like that, I had to take a time out from Eckhart because he's very difficult, very monotone. Um, <laughs> but, uh, should should you have paid about, somebody else to, to do that audiobook? 100%. <laughs> uh, I was wondering when, it, I haven't heard of anybody's audiobook that was like that, uh, you know, that like, the, the wish they didn't read it themselves. It was mm. like, I've only ever listened to Kevin. Kevin Hart's the only one that I've listened to that the person who wrote it read, uh, read it for you. I was like, his voice, oh. you're not going to get sick of Kevin Hart. No, no, no way. I've listened to Oprah's one. Her voice is good too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in it, he talks about ego and he talks about like, so like that, if you're looking for revenge, if you're looking to get one up on someone, it's your ego actually talking. And for you to give yourself peace and for you to maybe even move on if that's what you're looking for, you trying to explain their behavior to them, explain their manipulation. One, they may not even know what the fuck you're talking about because they've got this story in their head of how the world works. Um, and two, they might know it, but they might just try and manipulate you some more and convince you and gaslight you, etc., etc. So for yourself to bring peace and to be able to move on, you need to just take a step back and cut that contact cut that cord snip 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 <laughs> bye bye yeah that's and and that's hard for for empathetic people and for people who do see the good, good in people like yeah i can tell it right now that's that photo of us right now because i've <laughs> i've done that like i would always try and think of the reason why someone would did, do that and i would almost forgive people too easily um yeah in that sense but um you do have to be able to set those boundaries because it's only only you that gets hurt at the end of the day, you know. One hundred percent, and no one's gonna make those boundaries for you. Um, and you can keep forgiving people and keep forgiving people, but it doesn't mean that they're gonna change. You can forgive people for yourself, um, but you don't have to tell them that, and you don't have to. You don't even have to speak to them again. But for yourself to be able to move on, you do need to get your own closure in a way. Um, and if you don't give yourself closure and closure doesn't mean ending an argument in the way that you win it can mean like you journaling talking to someone venting um whatever way that you want to deal with it in a healthy way <laughs> but we were talking right about earlier on right in a poem. <laughs> we were talking about earlier on about how relationships can impact the rest of our life so yeah. it's it's really has an impact because it's to do with your mental health dealing with emotions behaviors things like that that arise that can make you feel uncomfortable and if you're someone that kind of engages in disordered eating patterns or binge eating or just even comfort food um you can engage in those behaviors to deal with that uncomfortable emotion to make yourself feel better because our body's smart our body's intuitive it knows that it's going to get that feel good factor after you eat um, a tub of ice cream and you're going to make yourself feel better 
But the problem is that that becomes a pattern because you're suppressing stuff that you're not dealing with. That's when it's unhealthy. So if it happens every so often, um, probably not that bad. Having a bit of ice cream here and there to make yourself feel better is not a bad, um, not a bad solution. But if it becomes a behavior over time or a pattern over time, that's when you probably need to look elsewhere to deal with this stuff that's affecting your mental health. Absolutely. Well said. Oh, I wouldn't be able to get that technical now with this many cans in me or <laughs> this inebriated. It's just like a switch. <laughs> I can't switch off. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. I pull it. You know, one thing that I've noticed is yeah, there's two types of people. You know, When you go on a night out and there's people that don't want to talk about work-related things when, when they're out and there's people that don't mind and I'm I'm one of those people that don't mind, and I always get drawn into so many conversations. You know, if somebody, <laughs> a load of drinks deep, and somebody asks me about training, I'm like, get a chair, our kid. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I am. Because I, well, I think what we were talking about earlier on is like all this stuff is related to your personal life. Like mm. it's it's all connected. People kind of will say, oh, exercise is exercise, and mental health is mental health, and they kind of separate and compartmentalize everything when it's all related to making you feel like your best and that, that even means that so people would typically be in that kind of restrictive i go to the gym i eat i eat healthy food and i don't go out and enjoy myself on the weekends but that's mm-hmm. part of it too it's all all connected yo <laughs> it's all connected we're getting hella mm-hmm. spiritual here on a friday night <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> love it you know what i'm more and more i'm thinking right if this this we're all getting a lot more um virtual even after lockdown i reckon people will be on their phones a lot more and obviously i don't think they'll be doing zoom quizzes but i might i might make friday f- friday night uh, zoom chats i might make them a regular and uh, invite different people on to have have a crack with friday night until we're able <laughs> to actually go out and and get lit get liddy get liddy i hope we get a little little bit of a Christmas just just a little bit of a drink at, uh, in a pub <laughs> I will I will be going home for Christmas I'm not even gonna pretend I'm not gonna be um and I will self-isolate when I come home for two weeks that means yeah. a nice two weeks off work thanks Ross <laughs> yeah no Christmas at home is, is a vibe it is a vibe there's actually nothing there, it's a strange thing like Christmas I don't I don't think it's the same anywhere else we actually that's that's where we uh, show off our uh, our uh, what's that's the word our, our not prejudice what stereotype we go hard on the drink definitely <laughs> at Christmas we show our stereotype. We go hard and we go hard it again. <laughs> oh, we go hard again. Call up Murray and have the fray. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, Anytime. I think so too. I go ahead. I was just going to say that like I never go out as much as I do at Christmas and it can be like night after night after night because it's always like I've got this planned with these this group and this planned with this group and then we've got a bottomless brunch the de- next day and you're Ooh. just in a constant cycle of being drunk <laughs> but it'll be weird this year um, mm. it'll be weird but I think it'll be appreciated maybe the like the fact that everyone can slow down maybe and spend a bit of time together Maybe everyone be sick of each other by then. Who knows? I reckon it'll be hella house parties. Yeah, probably. Say nothing. <laughs> say nothing, kid. I'll say nothing if you say nothing. 
I'll be at a house party <laughs> at least twice when I go home. Every time I go home, it's actually not even funny. Like, I don't really drink when I'm over here. I might drink once a month, if even. Mm. When I go home, I drink 80% of, well, I have a drink 80% of the time. I mightn't, I mightn't actually drink, drink. But Is that just because you're home visiting or is that because your environment? Like, are you in that holiday mode when you're at home? I kind of am. Sometimes. <laughs> it depends. If I go home for Christmas, yes. Yeah. If I go home regularly, no. Um, Like, my dad owns a pub, so I'll be like, right, I'll call it and I'll meet people there. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I have a pint. Um, Actually, no, last time I only had one, uh, two drinks. That was actually two nights of drinking, so I... I was only 20% then. That wasn't too bad. Well done, you. No, well You're grown now. Yeah. You're grown. You're boring. I'm still, I'm still mature. Nah, but last Christmas, <laughs> it actually took the biscuit. But this year will be a little bit quieter. And I'm, I think you're right. It's good to have the time to, to slow down a little bit. Um, yeah. Ireland does get quite mad at Christmas time. <laughs> oh, my God, it does. It's nonstop. And, I, and then in January, everyone's just like, oh, my God, I need a break from drink it actually gets to that stage where you're like no i can't can't even look at a drink and january is just like no pubs on <laughs> there'll be no 12 pubs at christmas this year i know i i think i actually haven't been down it the past few years i did it last year but we only managed like six or something and then we got to the six and we sat we like sat there for the rest of the night <laughs> it's mad the more the, like the older i get the more i'm like it's actually mad that this is a thing and it's not even like it's a long-standing tradition. Like it's only been in the last. I I'm not gonna hazard a guess, but it's not twenty years old. I don't think. No, no. I'd say maybe ten or like eight, from what I can remember. Because I remember it was only getting started when I was in a pub, working in a pub. Ah, uh, God, when what age was I then? So that would have been about six or seven years ago. Seven years ago, and I think it was only like a year or two in. And uh, I always just remember everyone being like, people are mad. And then I'd be like, you wouldn't get involved in something like that, which is like, oh no. And then once I started college, it was like 12 pubs. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh God. Whoever started that. And you know what? It probably wasn't even an Irish person. It was probably somebody who was like, this is something that Irish people would do. And then like an Irish person found it and was like, oh, this sounds like a great <laughs> idea. Probably. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I have skimmed over most of the notes of, of this narcissist stuff, but we don't need to get into it. If people want to get into the actual myth of it, then old Stephen Fry's um, audio book, uh, Mythos, is actually unreal, and he's, he just speaks so eloquently. I could listen to his voice all day. Yeah, yeah. He actually has a, I used the Calm app for meditation, and he has a sleep story on it. And it literally knocked me out one night and I woke <laughs> up and I was like, what the hell? Didn't expect that. <laughs> I must actually go for that. I uh, downloaded Cam myself. Uh, I've used it two nights this week. It's actually good. I did the one where they get yeah. you to contract your muscles and then relax. And then you fall into deep sleep. I was like, what the actual fuck? I'm sinking into the bed here. <laughs> it's so good. Um, that's kind of like yin yoga. I do yin yoga. I started that recently. Um, and it's really good because it tenses everything that you most likely have tense anyways, it, it kind of forces you into a relaxation state and you just literally feel like a vegetable afterwards. It's so <laughs> zen. 
yeah i like i enjoy a bit of yoga um sometimes i have a little joint and then i have uh, do a bit of yoga that is that is i might do yin yoga that would be mutual vegetables you'd be happy with the mental veg in that plate <laughs> <laughs> roast you <laughs> yep um but yeah this is good crack you were you were worried you were gonna yeah funk with the flow of the podcast i think yeah you, you brought a good edge to it. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Round two. <laughs> Round two. You'll have to come up with a, a random ass topic to come up with, or we can delve through other mad actual uh, mythology stories. They're actually just fucking nuts. Like, I I look at them from like a philosophical way of looking at it, and I'm like, this is how they convince people to act a certain way. Like, mm. it's. Yeah, I haven't looked too much into mythology, but. Uh, we were saying earlier on that I looked at Stoicism so I think that that's really good um, it's obviously it's another form of like philosophy um, but it's really good for like understanding thoughts and like what I was saying kind of during this about people's behaviours and stuff like that um, and it helps you kind of be in control of your own thoughts and understand when shit happens in life that you have the control to respond um, how you want um, and a lot of us react very mindlessly kind of on autopilot but when we actually reflect and think about it a little bit through like stoicism or true mythology or like buddhism or whatever type of philosophy that you want to kind of live through um it really helps to understand shit and to not feel like you're alone in it all like i feel like so many people think that they're just like in their own head and all of this stuff has happened to them but if you actually read some of this stuff it all makes sense and you're just like oh my god this isn't i'm not crazy <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah it is i think having something to even if it's just like not a, man, a mantra i don't think i've ever used the word mantra but like having something to kind of hold on to yeah, yeah people who are listening <laughs> can see people um what would you even call that sign i don't know it's like the meditation hands oh yeah when you're going them. um yeah the first time I ever did a yoga class where they came out with uh, everybody at the end went, um, I shit myself. I was not expecting it. <laughs> Just all of a sudden my ears started ringing. I think that kind of stuff made me real uncomfortable for ages. Uh, any sort of like mantras or any sort of like just kind of hippie vibes was very far-fetched for me. I was like, whoa, let's take it easy there. I'm just here for a few stretches. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I soaked up the hippie vibes when I was did my J1 in San Fran. Soaked all of them up. I was like a sponge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's good, though. When you actually kind of let it in, it's not as scary. I think it's just a lot, a lot of us are very much in that, like, strung out on edge, can't stop, won't stop. Um, team nowadays off vibe. <laughs> uh, but when you actually slow down a little bit and do things like yoga and meditation, just chilling out a little bit. Um, I think you kind of understand that stuff and it's not as scary or uncomfortable. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to end this end this wee chat. That's it. Stay stay zen. Do your wee bit of yin yoga. Stay stunning. Stay stunning. Have your wee G&Ts <laughs> on a Friday night. The nutritionist said it's okay. So then it's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Good for your <laughs> mental health. <laughs> Absolutely. Great channel, yeah. All righty then. I hope you've enjoyed that change up of pace when it comes to the podcast. I never set out to have like a strict structure when it comes to the podcast. And I don't necessarily always want to get guests on. But for this particular topic, I think it's an interesting one. 
because people always associate people with one thing and then that's all they associate with them with. I want to purposefully kind of fuck that up <laughs> and show that people are so multidimensional and there's so many layers to people most of the time that we, we will never know. So I'm thinking of keeping this Greek mythology thing going if people enjoy it. Actually, you know what? Even if people ha don't give me good feedback on this, I'm still going to do it because I fucking enjoyed that. Um, so this is an open call to anybody who likes Greek myths in any way, shape or form, only a little bit. They don't know that much. They only know as much as was in the Hercules film. But if they want to have a little chat about it, I, I think I'm going to go through a whole bunch of different Greek myths. Excuse me. Little pieces at a time. And have a conversation based off that. And just see where it goes. And... That's basically the only plans I have for it so far. Greek mythology is so interesting. It's so amazing to have a little insight into how people thought back then and to bring it up to date and discuss it in today's terms. It's cool. And it also sparks a lot of cool conversations as well. If you enjoyed this bad boy, as always, please share to your story. Tag me and Orla in it. Um, make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Give it a rating and review. Tell your pals about it. And if you want to, drop me a little message. Let me what, let me know what you thought was really good about the podcast. If you're into Greek mythology, let me know your favourite Greek myths. We'll have a little chat. Maybe it'll be you that comes on the podcast next. Thank you very much, folks. You take care. Have a lovely day.